I want you to picture this, uh, as I say to you, God's grace and, and his mercy and his peace. I, I want you to picture this. I want you to, Travis, I'm going to, I'm going to do this with you, okay? But I want you to picture God walking up to you as I'm walking up to Travis right now and saying, you know you're my favorite. <laughs> and I love you. You're welcome. He does to each one of us. That's what it means when we say his grace and his mercy and his peace, they are given to you through our Lord and our Savior Jesus. You each are his favorite. What are you looking forward to? Here's what I'm looking forward to. If you can see this. This is our family. This was taken last summer. And I'm looking forward to the next time this group will be together, which won't be until a year from this summer, when we celebrate our 50th. But I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. What are you looking forward to? What's on your list? What, what kinds of things are, are you at a point where you, you just can't wait? Wedding day. Yeah, for sure. Fishing. Right? <laughs> we each have our things that we're looking forward to, don't we? You think God has a list of things that he's looking forward to? And if he does, what might be on his list? If I could assume on the basis of today's New Testament lesson, what would be on God's list, what would probably be first on his list, top of God's list as to what he is looking forward to, do you know what it would be? I think it would be this. What he is looking forward to more than anything else is having you live forever with him in heaven. That's what he's looking forward to. I think today's New Testament lesson makes that, makes that really clear in, in so many ways. He who overcomes will inherit all this and I will be his God and, and, and they will be my children. Kind of like that picture. I'm looking forward to having them all around on an even higher level. God is looking forward to having all his, his family together. He's looking forward to having you in heaven with him forever. Are you surprised by that? I think in some ways, maybe, yes, we are surprised by that. But I think in other ways, maybe, maybe no, we're not surprised by that. Yes, I'm, I'm surprised by it, that God is looking forward to having me with him in heaven. In heaven. In, in, in 
Here's what surprises us, I think, about that, because we know this about ourselves, that we've been sinners. We know this about ourselves, that we have done things that have hurt God and offended God. And given all the things that we've done, which is to give God all sorts of reasons as to why he would not want to spend eternity with us, Yes, it's surprising that a holy God wants to spend eternity with a bunch of sinners. But no, it's not surprising. It's not surprising that he does, just given the fact of, of who God is. He's very much looking forward to having you in heaven. And here's why I say that. First, just if you look and, and if you want to turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 21, way back there at the end. Page 1230. And start with verse 2, and you see here the, the relational language. John says, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Think of the anticipation of your wedding day. How you as the groom, you are looking forward to seeing your bride that day. And how you as the bride, you're looking forward to seeing your groom that day. You can't wait for that day, can you? Can't. Yeah, you can't. I'm, and I'm sorry, I don't mean you to cry, but I, thank you for those honest emotions. Because God's saying the same thing here to us. We're the bride. And he can't wait to see us walk down the aisle and be joined to him forever. He can't wait for that, just as they can't wait for it. I think you also see his anticipation for wanting us to be with him in heaven in, in terms of all the relational, loving things he just can't wait to do for us. It says here, he will, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there won't be any more death or, or mourning or crying or pain. He just can't wait to do all those things for us. He's eager to do them. Can't wait. And then the, the last part of this, uh, verse 7, it helps us see how he is anticipating and looking forward to this because it, it, it pulls out one of the strongest most personal relationships that you and I experience and how God is desirous to have this with us where it says that he who overcomes will inherit all this and, and I will be their God and they will be my children. He just can't wait. He anticipates, he is looking forward to having you home.
with him in heaven. Now there's a, a story, speaking of that, there's a story I think that helps us picture this some. It's, it's my favorite story in the Bible, and it begins with these words. There was a man who had two sons. Now I don't need to tell you the rest of the story, do I? You know that story. And one of the points of that story is this. The father just can't wait for his wayward son to come home. And you see that in so many ways. You see that in the fact that where is the father after his son leaves? He's out on the front porch looking, scanning the horizon constantly for his son to return. He, he just can't wait till he comes. And then when he does see his son at a distance, it tells us that his heart is filled with compassion. He just can't wait to have that boy home so much he loves him. And then he does a very undignified thing, especially in that culture, that time. The dad runs out. He can't wait for the son to walk the rest of the way to the front porch, because you got to know that son's just not really in a hurry. He's probably going like this. The dad can't wait to have him home. What does he do? He runs out to him because he so wants him home with him. And that's how it is with God and you and me and his desire. What he wants more than anything else, what he is waiting for, top of his list, is to have you home with him in heaven forever. Now we really do have something to look forward to here, don't we? Being in heaven. I mean, everything that, that is described in Revelation chapter 21, everything that, that's, that's there, it's just incredible. There actually really aren't, as I was telling the kids, there really aren't the positive kinds of words to paint the picture for us as to what heaven is like. It, it's all done more in the negative. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Well, whatever is burdening your heart today, or has burdened your heart in the past, or will burden your heart in the future. It, it won't there, will it? He will wipe away every tear. There won't be any more death or mourning. I, I, I don't know all of you well enough to know if you're still in a season of mourning over a loved one. And that can extend a long time. My mom would have been 98 on May the 6th. She's been gone since 2011. That's 11 years. My dad's been gone 20 years, 2002, May the 20th. Still miss him. Still somewhat in a sense of mourning over those losses. I'm sure you have similar, maybe even fresher experiences of mourning. But there will be no more mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Or as Paul puts it in Philippians, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we've, we sang it a couple of times. Uh, Steve, thank you for the hymn selections today. 
Spot on. Thank you, Jesus. As we talk about this hope of heaven that we have, what we look forward to, and that God wants us there, thank you, Jesus, because it's all due to him. Thank you, Jesus, for your perfect life lived for us to achieve that righteousness that we never could even come close to and, and giving it to us. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross to pay for our sins. Thank you, Jesus, for rising again to defeat death for us and give us the promise, the certainty of the hope we have of everlasting life in heaven. We can look forward to that, can't we? You might also be looking forward to this. His name was Howard. Howard was a piece of living history as I visited him when I was pastor at Holy Cross Lutheran Church. He was among the first class of state patrol highway troopers in the state of Minnesota. Kind of neat to talk to him. And when I would visit Howard and bring him communion, in particular after his wife Lou of 62 years had passed away, inevitably Howard would bring up Lou and how he missed her. And when he would, he would, he would get this faraway look in his eye and, and talk about the, the expectation and the hope and the longing for that heavenly reunion with his loved one, which several years ago has taken place. That's something, too, we have to look forward to, don't we? Those of you who have loved ones who have died in the Lord, just, just for a moment, I want you to picture their joy because they're in this place. God has wiped away all the tears. There's no more mourning or crying or pain for them. That's where they are. And someday that's where you will also be and be reunited with them. As, as Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, that those who are alive and left will be caught up together with those who have fallen asleep in the Lord, and we will forever be together with the Lord. That's what we wait for. That's what we look forward to. Now, chances are very good that you don't, that you know someone, you know someone who doesn't have this hope that we're talking about today. They don't have the hope of heaven. They don't have that promise. Uh, studies show that roughly at least one out of every three Minnesotans do not believe in Jesus as their Savior, which makes it real likely that there's a, maybe a family member of yours who doesn't believe in Jesus, or there's a neighbor of yours who doesn't know Jesus, or a co-worker, or a friend. But somewhere within your circle of your 8 to 12 to 15 people that you are most familiar with somewhere in that circle, there's somebody 
who doesn't have the hope we have, who doesn't know that God would like nothing better than to have them be forever with him in heaven. They don't know that they're God's favorite. Will you pray for them? That's how we live forward in faith. That's how we live looking forward. We pray for those who don't know Jesus. We talk to those folks who don't know Jesus. When God gives us the opportunity, we seize the opportunity and we share with them our, our personal faith and the hope that we have. We invite them to come with us to worship, to hear God's word. That's what people who are living, looking forward do. And that you and I might do that. I, there's two verses of scripture I'd like for us to just read together. And one of them is 2 Philippians. If you turn in your Bibles, I'm sorry, 3 Philippians chapter 3, uh, 1163. Page 1163. And perhaps you remember this uh, passage from a few weeks ago about being almost marvelous. Which we are, almost marvelous. But I think these are good words for us to read together to encourage ourselves, in, in fact, to use these words as a prayer to God to help us be people living, looking forward to the hope we have. Starting with verse 12 on page 1163 of Philippians chapter 3, and we'll read through verse 14. Let's, let's read these words together. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And then the other passage is from Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12, page 1193. Hebrews chapter 12, 11, page 1193. And I'd like for us just to read verse 1 and then the first two lines of verse 2. Okay, and we'll end with... Uh, the author and perfecter of our faith. That, that's where we'll stop, okay? But let's read these words together. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And let's pray. Father, through your word, uh, we pray that you would keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, so that we may with, with joy run this race that is set out before us. We thank you for the, the cloud of witnesses that is in heaven right now cheering us on. And we thank you, Lord, that you are such a gracious and loving God that, yes, 
in spite of our sin, we're each your favorite. And yes, in spite of our sin and because of Jesus, you can't wait to have us be with you in heaven. Keep filling us with that hope that we might live that hope out, live forward, looking forward to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's